busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever noticed that the changes in life are not always as prominent as we would like to think? Like gaining a little weight, slowly but surely, ooh, you find out because your clothes is not fitting the way that you remember it or would desire for it to fit, right? You see a child and you look, you like, yo, he is getting so big. And the parent is like, hmm. I don't see it because you're with the child every day. So that change is really subtle. Uh, the changes in your bank account, l- little less subtle. You can kind of feel that when you go to swipe and you get hit with the um, swipe or no swipe <laughs> Fox situation. But what I realized is the change that's within us, the change that's within you. How are you able to identify that? And I stumbled upon this. It was uncomfortable for me for a couple of days. And then Holy Spirit was like, and there it is. I'm going to go ahead and drop the jewel on her real quick. I ain't going to hold it. Holy Spirit, download. Holy Spirit, download. Holy Spirit, activate. Activate. You understand? So this is what happened. And I'm going to be real unveiled. So you already know this is a gossip. Thank you. Gossip-free conversation. Because we don't be discussing other people's grandbabies' business because that's not the kind of grandbabies we are. Very good, grandbaby. I'm glad. You were like, sis, already know. Okay, so that's why I be calling you. Listen, the last couple of, you know, I'm not going to put a time frame to it because I don't want to seem real, real heathen-like. But, like, I felt a little tap on my shoulder. Gentle tap, if you will. But I felt, you know, I felt some kind of way. And I was like, what happened to my God habit? Because, you know, I used to eat breakfast, sit down, you know, have a commune with the Lord kind of thing, read a little something, and then mm, reflect, wish it around real quick, digest it, and then apply it to my life. And I was slowly but surely realizing that what I like to lovingly call my God habit wasn't consistent now we'll talk to God here and there on a year you know call him a little bit uh but then my attention will be diverted somewhere else and then the devotionals that I was reading they just wasn't devotioning you know it wasn't giving it wasn't giving and I just I wasn't it wasn't feeding me and I was just like "Mm." so then I tried to look up other different devotionals. I'm like, "Ah, it's just not. So I found myself, being honest, consuming a lot of social media. Not any particular site per se, but just like scrolling and finding entertainment and laughing at some things. But just like an awful lot of more time than usual on social media. It was like, bro, you okay? But. In my defense, if I may, for the grandbaby, that is me. I am not a TV watcher. Yet you will never find me go ahead and take in. The remote batteries will never have to be changed if I was the only one in the house. I ain't going to hold you because I'm not. I just, I'm not. And I've been this way, maybe like teenage I'm not going to just sit down, plop on a chair, sofa, whatever, and just watch something. It, it doesn't do it for me so I literally for years just never even had a tv in the room and then 
husband came along and was like, bro, I want to watch TV. And I was like, well, why? Just sit here. <laughs> be one of us. Be one of me. And it's just, you know. But thank God for him because if not, I would know nothing. No TV show. You know how when people go ahead and ask you something, they're like, remember that show? And you got to look at them like, as soon as I say this. You're going to give me that odd look. Like, you don't know how to play space, which don't even try. I do. It's just that's the only other time I know people really come at you. Okay. But when I say things like, never saw The Godfather, never saw Scarface, it's like, <gasps> like they be ready to, like, lynch her. And it's like, bro, calm the down. Now bring up something with music, I'm all over it. You see? Like, like let me live. That's the kind of grandbaby I was. I was the one that was in the room taping stuff, replaying it, writing the lyrics down so that when it was time to recite, I wasn't, you know, no grandbaby left behind. You feel me? So anyway, no, I had to defend myself because you was looking at me crazy. And I was like, <laughs> play me not. You understand? Um, but I realized I was like, my God, habits a little off. And if I'm honest with you, I was feeling like, I was questioning my connection to God. I was like, bro, do you not love your daddy? Like, who is that? And I was like, hold on. <laughs> Time out. Because what you won't do is have me thinking he's going to be like, get thee away from me. I don't know you. Sir, you definitely do. Remember that time? Because <laughs> I'm going to hit you with the Michael Jackson. Like, do you remember? <laughs> God, don't play me seriously. Like, we're going to be both embarrassed on Judgment Day. Because I know you know me. <laughs> don't play. Oh, okay. God, you know I'm playing. <laughs> don't strike, don't lighten or nothing. But that's how I was feeling. And then I was having internal talks with myself. Because I'm not going to hold you. I am a very, for the most part, I'm consistent. And I have certain habits. And if something is not a part of my habit, then I've already equated that to it's not important to me. Yeah, if you are not infused in my life in some kind of way, some type of habitual way, then we're going to just go ahead and just expose. Let's pull the sheet back. You're not important to me. Because what I've learned as I navigated through life and met some people, I had somebody do something one time, and it blew my mind. She said, um, I want you to go ahead and take out a piece of paper. I was like, yeah. So I took out a piece of paper. She said, I want you to list everything that's important to you. So I was like, oh, bet family, boom, God, boom, da, da, da. And she was like, and I want you to actually list it in the order of its importance to you. So I was like, ooh, do it again, God, <clears throat> family, uh. you know, because I had to clean that up real quick, you understand? And so she said, cool, you finished with your list? I was like, absolutely, don't take me long to realize what's important to me. She said, mm hmm Now, on the um, other side of the paper, I want you to write a new list, still the things that are important to you, but I want you to now list them in the order that you give the most time. And I was like, oh, job went first. God went like second or third. Then my family went, my family was at the bottom of the list. Blew my mind. I didn't like it. She said, so there is a huge difference between what you deem to be important Versus what you give your time to, because what you give your time to truly identifies and magnifies what you deem to be important without your words. Who you give your time to, where you spend your time the most shows what's the most important to you. 
So, yeah, I went on a full uh, reevaluation of life. I changed jobs. I like I was like never again will I look at a piece of paper and see that my family is the last thing and the job is the first thing because of the time won't be. I'm not going to be able to. Now, for the most part, yes, we put 40 hours a week at the job and then, you know, we don't spend 40 hours at home. Uh, however people want to do it. But I had at that time a job that required for me to be on call. Uh like I, it was breaking into my sleep. Yeah, so I was really last on the list as well. It was like, oh, so it wasn't a traditional nine to five. It was nine to five plus some more fives plus some more nines. Like that's just how that was working. And I was like, mm. so from that point on, it blew my mind. And I became very aware and cognizant to what I'd spent my time to. If I gave you my time, you were important. If you weren't important to me, you no longer get my time was the motto that I started to follow. And so in this particular season, I was like, mm, I'm feeling some kind of way because I'm feeling disconnected because I don't see God truly reflected in time spent. However, that looks. Some people get up in the ump team in the morning. They spend 14 million hours with him and they read the whole entire Old Testament with him and they just sit in the glory cloud. And that is all. Listen, if that is how you feel led and that is your authentic truth and that's how you spend time with God, then you continue to do so. And anything less, you will be doing yourself and God a disservice. Okay, because that's how you establish your relationship. My relationship seems to evolve with him. It used to be I used to walk in the morning and then I spend my time in nature with him and then it was I sat at a particular chair because looking again outside connects me to God because seeing his art another part of his creation as I'm reading his word just like really connects me in a different way and that's how I connect to him but I wasn't seeing any of that and instead of it evolving it looked like it was fading and adjusting and I was like whoa do we need to go ahead and make another list like what's going on there and then I got a text from my friend last night. Shouts out to the grandbaby. Yo, let me, can I pause real quick on, okay, because I know I do rabbit trails. Listen to me. You need people that add value to your life, not just financially, but they add value to your life. They add value to your life. I would rather have someone who speaks million-dollar mindset ideas to me than someone who offers me a million dollars. Financially, that can get spent, but with how you pour into me, I'm going to always be able to generate revenue from this. I, both are value. One of them means and provides more value to me. And so she texts me last night. And just a simple text, but the Holy Spirit works in the ways that he does. And that's why he's awesome. And that's why you literally need to know him. She sent me a book. She was super excited. She was like, oh, my book came in the mail. And I was like, mm. I said, tell me more. Because through the text, I could sense her excitement. And she said, well, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and put our business. You, you better not tell her either. I'm getting ready to pull up the text message. And I'm going to read you word for word. And if she finds out it was you, I'm straight denying. Do you understand that? Okay. Okay. Because I'm oh, all right. I'm not going to tell you her name because have a nice day. Okay. So she said <laughs> um, the book was, let's see, it's a red copy cover. And it says good to great. Why some companies make the leap and others don't. It's by Jim 
Jim Collins, co-author of the best-selling Built to Last. And I was like, okay. She said, just got it out the mailbox. I ordered two. The other one hasn't made it yet. I was on the top. It was on a top 10 list for all visionaries to read. I'm excited. I said, visionaries, explain. I could feel the excitement. She was like, yes. I said, um, funny because I felt prompted to use my Audible this time around. Pause. That's because it seems like every now and then I I like my dish is Audible. But I was like, I don't want to spend that monthly charge because I know I'm not going to use it. And I went to try to delete it and just cancel the subscription. Holy Spirit was like, no, ma'am. And I was like, I know Comprend. But I listened, even if it didn't make sense. Did you hear what I just said? I listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, even if it was something that I did not understand. Because I learned that if you wait for your understanding, you are now out of sequence and alignment with God's timing. The Holy Spirit is connected to God. The Holy Spirit is connected to God's plan for you. If the Holy Spirit is saying to do something, you're like, I don't really understand, you shouldn't because he has foreknowledge that you don't have. So it will behoove you to do what he's saying to do now so that when you finally get there, I would rather it, oh, it makes sense now than to say, dang, I should have did that before. Yeah, one sounds like, whew, relief. The other one sounds like regret. Which R do you want? But I digress. So she went on to say, she said, I have a lot of ideas and I'm trying to create a plan. So I took a lyrical phrase from none other than Jermaine Cole, a.k.a. J. Cole. She said, and he said, quote, I copied your cadence. I mirrored your style. I studied the greats. I'm the greatest right now. And then she goes on to say, so I said, let me look into other visionaries who have not only created great things, but sustained them. So you already know, I was like, I'm sending all kind of gifts and like mic drops and very much. And we talking that talk, right? And then it finally dawned on me. I was like, oh, because what I said to her was, you know what? I want to go ahead and look up some, some books, but I want to look up those things that feed me. She's in the phase that she wants to build companies and she wants to lead properly in her company and that and this and beautiful. But that doesn't feed me or where I feel like I'm currently am or where I'm going. And I said that I said so many times people don't understand that you are sitting at the seat of other greats and you're consuming a meal not knowing that the ingredients don't agree to your body or your lifestyle. I'll give you a great example. My cousin makes this bomb corn casserole. Never even heard of it until one of the Thanksgivings. My kids was like, yo, this is bomb. Mommy wants you to learn the recipe. So I swooped in on the tech messages and was like, yo, let me holler at you. Send me the recipe so my kids think I kind of So she sends me this link to Paula Dean's corn casserole. And under the message, she said, I follow all the steps except I don't put the cheese on it. I said, okay. So I'm looking now and I'm like, huh. I now realize that while it was delicious, 
My son enjoyed it. My daughter enjoyed it. My husband even enjoyed it. But for whatever the reason, when I ate it, I woke up the next morning sneezing, coughing, throat felt like it was trying to close up, rebuking the name of Jesus. It was so much going on. I was like, what's happening? It wasn't until she sent me the recipe that I seen, oh, my goodness, it calls for sour cream in the recipe. I cannot have sour cream. I am super allergic to dairy. It is not even lactose tolerant. It's that I literally get flu-like symptoms. Like, it's like, you okay? You Benadryl's not going to hit it? Oh, you need Benadryl and a Claritin? Oh, I see what it is. Like, it, it's that potent. But here I am, sitting at the seat, <laughs> figuratively and literally, consuming something that everybody else is enjoying, not understanding that the ingredients don't agree to my body type, to my calling. I'm going to make it a little bit more 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 spiritual and all the things we can look at as the bishop deacon cole said we can look at the greats and go oh i want to mirror that so that you can become that but what if when you get there and you duplicate that that's not your idea of success what if when you mirror and you duplicate that you now don't even recognize yourself this no longer your unique fingerprint on that blueprint isn't the whole point of creation and possibly even duplication is to make sure that your application, your indentation is on that, that you actually have it where all the names in the world, all the bread in the world, all the multiple, it could be a thousand different examples of how to do it, but the way that you do it, the way that you put your spin on it, the way that you, that's like walking through someone's house seeing how they decorate, saying, where'd you get that from? Where'd you get that? And you literally cut and paste it in your home, but you have to live there. And that's not even your idea of comfortable. That was one of the surprising things that I found out when I, my husband and I was building a house. Like I was showing people that, cause I, I loved walking into not on no, like, you know, unethical legal grandbaby flow, but I loved walking into similar floor plans and seeing how other people put their spin on it we chose the light the airy we wanted this to feel that it was spacious so we chose light floor colors we chose like cabinets we chose like we just we wanted to walk in and feel the space spaciousness of it all it was like oh this is um but when I walked in other people's homes same floor plan some chose dark cabinets dark floor where we put hard floors they chose carpet they chose when we did the railing on the stairs and you know the steel parts they chose no I want a wall there and what we chose you know what I want more light they were like no I want no window there but I want the window in the bathroom instead I chose no window in the toilet water room they chose no we get down and dirty in here so we gonna need some you know some ventilation more than this little van vent on the top like it is so intriguing and so I'm showing friends I'm like oh this is the same floor plan but this is how they chose that and some people were like oh I like that that gives me cozy cozy is not universal cozy is literally what does cozy mean to you cozy to me is textures and fluffiness and comfort and I want to sit in the couch and I want the couch to like literally almost like feel like I don't want to get up like I feel like it's It's not necessarily a color. It is a level of comfort. Like 
you can go into a dark room and it feels like this chair is hard, this blanket feels itchy. The, you see what I'm saying? So to me, it's not connected to a color. It's connected to a level of comfort. I would rather sit in an all-white room and everything is plush and beautiful and well-scented and airy and bright and just mm, than a dark room that smells like basement and you see how that can go either way but then again you could flip it you can do something that's dark and it can be cozy but that's not how it translates to me and so I learned and just her sharing that with me I was like oh my goodness it took me back to what the problem was the problem was I was no longer feeding myself spiritually the way that I know I needed to be fed. But to go even further, I didn't even realize that I needed to eat different. When I had my son and I took him to the doctor early on, you know, within his first year, the doctor told me, okay, now now you can go ahead and start putting cereal, <clears throat> excuse me, cereal in his bottle. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, now he's ready for the stage two part of this, that, and the third. Okay, now you can start introducing some table foods. Now you can start introducing him to me. So somebody was able to prompt and tell me, okay, you can start introducing some things now. When I grew up and I started feeding myself, I just ate the same things that I ate as a kid. It wasn't until either I didn't have a taste for it no more or I don't like the way it made me feel that I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And so that was just physically eating. But literally, do you know how to feed yourself spiritually? Do you know how to feed your mind, body, and soul? Like, do you truly understand the essence of that? And I said, you know, I think that we sometimes get lost in that because the body, for the most part, has just been our leader. Like, you can get up and be super-duper hot. Your body will wake you up in the middle of the night like, I need something to drink. I don't know. I You probably was having the bomb dream. Care nothing about that. Care nothing about that. I need something to drink. Matter of fact, I need to go ahead and empty out this bladder. Matter of fact. And so your body, for the most part, is like, look, this is what we're doing. And you're like, cool, I guess this is what we're doing. Mm, I'm having a craving for because your body's low-key saying, listen, we low on protein and we low on this, this, and this. And you need a smoothie. And don't, don't you feel like you want a salad? Tell you feel like you want to be lighter and clean? Don't you feel like you want something heavy? Ooh, it's raining outside. You want pizza. And so the body... Body is taking all these external cues and they're like, okay, so this is what we came up with. Okay, now do it. But then when the spirit is doing something, we almost feel it in our emotions and then we try to process that like, what's wrong? I don't understand. Am I sad? What's going on with that? And it's maybe you need to identify you're no longer feeding yourself accordingly. I thought about in the Bible when Jesus said it, and that's the first thing that was like, ooh, that got my attention. And when he was in the Bible, when was it? It was Matthew 4. Thank you. Matthew 4. And he pretty much was being tested by the enemy, all the other stuff. And he said, Matthew 4, verse 4, you know, I read in the NOT. It says, but Jesus told him, no, the scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So immediately what that showed me was we are so sometimes consumed and fixated on eating healthy and, you know, getting in the gym and this, that, and the third. And the Bible literally said in its own sense, people don't live by bread alone. So anything that is tangible, you thinking, oh, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to drink the water. And I'm while all that plays a huge part 
<laughs> plays a huge part in maintaining your temple and doing what needs to be doing and, and being a good steward of that. It says, but we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So you literally need to have an ear to the Holy Spirit to lead you where you need to go. You need to go ahead and have your eyes in the Bible or your Bible app, however you want to do it, so that you are continuously eating. Some of us don't even understand that the reason why we've been feeling so off is because your spirit is so starving right now that you are malnourished in the spirit and you're trying to walk around in just physical health and that's not enough. You are supposed to feed your mind, body, and soul. And so when your body is okay but your mind and your soul aren't, that means that there's some discord there. And so I immediately was like, oh, my gosh, I I really do. I think that there should be a breakdown on how do you feed yourself. Like how do you do that? And so I wanted to actually just give the fruits of feeding yourself the right way because I thought about Eve and I was like, <laughs> I think one of her biggest mistakes is she didn't know how to feed herself. She ate from the wrong thing and got wrong results. And I was like, it, it's, it's elementary, but we don't get it. So I wanted to go ahead to Matthew 7, uh, verse 15. And it's the whole thing about the tree and its fruit, right? And so 15 says, be Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. 16, you can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick up grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? 17, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. 18, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. 19. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. 20. Yes. Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. How many times does God have to confirm to you that certain people no longer need to be in your life? Hmm? too much but we're going there so buckle up how many times does God have to tell you in his own delicate way I need you to uh stop talking to such and such I need you to stop inviting such and such over I know that you pity certain such and such I know that you feel bad she doesn't have the family support he doesn't have the this that, and the third and you've made this emotional connection but what you do not understand that that is the anchor to the boat that God is trying to sail and every time that you tell God no, and you tell somebody else yes, you delay what God has for you, even if it's for a good cause, even if you can make it make sense, you know, and morally in your heart. I'm not doing anything wrong. I just feel like I understand. But whatever your inner vow is that you decided you are going to complete in this particular season, you are actually being disobedient to God in this season. God is trying to tell you, uh, you call people good <laughs> that produce bad fruit. And so ultimately, the good person that you're deeming good is actually bad fruit in your life. Would you feed your family molded food? You know how the sandwich meat, how you, it stays in there too long or the cheese stays in and it starts to get that green mold or that tomato? Or would you go ahead and look at it and go, but tomatoes are all around kind of good. And you would go ahead and with the right mind, make your family a turkey and cheese sandwich with all those molded ingredients. Would you feed your family member that? Why not? 
because what because feeding anything spoiled out of season out of date rotten e or the above to anyone is going to produce those same kind of results so if you wouldn't feed mold to your family why do you continue to feed the mold in your life that looks like friendships that looks like intimate relationships that looks like family that looks like whatever title that you so lovingly hold near and dear to your heart but what you don't realize is that you're continuing to suffer because of what you're allowing to fester in you hmm you didn't okay so how many times does God have to remind you nudge you confirm to you that's not it but your emotional um connection is disconnecting you from obedience Oh, okay. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to be one that gets all inside your mail. So um, I also wanted to go to, no, because I see where you're looking at me. I want to go to John 15 also. <laughs> because this whole feeding the mind, body, and soul, I realized that it is truly, uh, it's, it's spiritual. There, there's some parable to that. There, it's E or the above. But I realized that the Bible talks a lot about uh, fruit, and what do you do with fruit? You eat it, right? And you produce more of it, right? And so I feel like if you fed your mind, your body, and soul properly, that you would see it in its most ripened, successful stance. And so when I went to John 15, I'm going to start at verse 1. Just want to talk about Jesus is the true vine, right? So verse 1, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. Two, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Three, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Four, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Five, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Six, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Seven, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Eight, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. Nine, I have loved you even as my father has loved me. Remain in my love. You know what this shows me? A lot of the times what you're praying for, and would you like God if you can just, and now when you do, and this is what I plan, and, da, 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 and then God blesses you, and you like, bet, thanks, God, and you treat God like the Amazon drop-off dude, and you close the door, and you unwrap your gift, and you enjoy it without him. What you don't realize is once God blesses you with the thing, that means you need to get even closer to him. Like, okay, so I got the manual, a.k.a. the Bible. I have the customer service 24-7 line, which is the Holy Spirit tutoring and leading you through. Okay, God, what do I do? It would behoove you not to receive a blessing and then go in your room of life and start working on it without him. Foolish. 
foolish because we just read however many times uh you can't produce nothing okay without who okay yeah you remain in me and i remain in you four right John 15, 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. This is literally saying you are the plug. Okay, the whole lamp, you are the plug. Jesus is the socket. You are not going to be able to do what you were manufacturally designed to do if you do not plug into the socket. Yes, you are a lamp in and of yourself. People can look and say, oh, that's a lamp. But you will not be utilized to do what the lamp was called to do if you do not plug into the socket. That is why it is foolish to to have the courage to pray for a thing. To then be blessed enough to receive it. And then to go ahead and drive it off the lot and not ask God no questions. Where are you going? Where you think you're supposed to go? That's not how that works. Mm-mm. You drive it off the lot and you put the GPS on G-O-D and you ask him, what do you want to do with my life? That's how that goes. And I realize that so many of us are starving, starving ourselves, sometimes unintentionally. Because you're thinking like, yo, I got my degree in this. I know how to work this job. No, you don't. Not with this set of people and not for this new season and not, the, not with this new generation of people. No, you don't. Not the way that the times are going. This is not 10, 20 years ago. No, you do not. Well, I've had kids before. I know how to. No, you do not. It is a totally different. Listen, the parenting that you received and have been exposed to was inefficient. The way that you had to bump your head to figure out some stuff, we don't want that for the next generation. No, you do not know how to raise kids. No, you do not know how to raise anything. You need to ask God. I'm talking about teach me. Go back to the alphabet, sir. I, teach me the, uh, the new way to say the alphabet. They even redid the alphabet song, which I'm not going to go ahead and subscribe to. They can have a nice day. I'm going to stick to my elemental. Have a nice day. But, like, seriously. You would be a fool to be like, oh, I've been married this long. I know how to know you don't. We are forever changing, forever growing. You need to be smart enough to ask your spouse, hey, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is. <laughs> and then y'all do that for each other. No, you don't. Don't look at time spent. Don't look at time whatever. Don't look at your, your credentials. Don't look at whatever you've been through and then think that you are qualified for the rest of your life to walk out a plan that God made for your life. How are you qualified? You just started knowing who you really were a couple of seasons ago. Are you kidding me? Wisdom will make you look back at everything and reevaluate what is producing the fruit that is supposed to be in my life. What is no longer serving me? What do I need to bring back to God? And how does God need to sharpen me? And because I want to continuously grow and I understand that God is a gardener and Jesus is divine, I think not. I think I will not go out of this garden and think that I'm going to be a productive apple of any sort and I'm no longer on the vine. That's foolish. And the moment that you think you can do it by yourself is the moment that you have severed yourself from the vine. That is in and of itself. And I don't use this word often, but when I do, it feels disrespectful. So grab your seats. That is stupid to even think that you have enough knowledge to apply yourself to a plan that you didn't create. God gave you a desire to connect you to his plan for your life, but you don't have the coordinates. That's Christ bound. 
That's Holy Spirit driven. Like, please don't don't think so highly of yourself that you think you know how to get anywhere. That's why the wisest people on earth find out how to do a thing, find out how to do it easier, quicker, and then they teach others. That's a true display of Christ living. Because you didn't allow anyone else to bump their head as, as many times as you. And you, what you don't understand is that when you go back and you feed God sheep, he's always going to feed into your ministry. He's always going to feed into your life. He's always going to feed into your calling. But when you try to keep it to yourself, yeah, that that's, uh, I don't want to use this word, but that's like self-destruction, literally. So when you start to feel these shifts in your life, and you start to feel like, yo, what's going on with me? I feel different. Like, I don't like that club scene anymore. Like, I'm not entertained like I used to before. And you feel this prompting to shave down some of that social media time, to go ahead and create some habits that is literally going to propel and do some great things in your life in the future. Like, everything that you're doing right now, make a list of it. And then circle the ones that are going to truly impact you in the next five years. If it's not going to impact you in five years, I'm not saying cut it cold turkey, but you definitely need to have it where your time spent on it is at the bottom of the list. Everybody wants to be well balanced. But success is truly sometimes a result of, of being imbalanced. And when you don't properly feed your mind, your body, your soul, then the results are what they are, stagnation. How do you feed your mind? What excites you? What intrigues you? What makes you produce these ideas? What gets the creative juices going? Is it the external environments? Is it certain books? Do you need to read autobiographies? Do you need to look at documentaries? What is the thing that's going to make you think and see life differently in the next three to five years? That is how you feed your mind. How do you feed your body? You need to be getting better sleep. You need to consume your water. Do you know how much you literally are a large percent? I think they said 75 to 80%. Don't quote me. But uh, your body is that much percent water. You need water to flush your system, to give back the, the vitalness of your organs. Like you literally need sleep, water. You need to be eating right according to your body. I've never forget Tabitha Brown said she doesn't eat tofu because it gives her a headache. How many vegans and vegetarians think that tofu is the only way of life? Again, you need to eat according to your body. She made a beautiful cashew mix, something or another like it was macaroni and cheese. Guess who's allergic to cashews? Raising my hand. You need to eat according to your body. Are you getting the message that I'm sending about eating according to your body? To your body. And then your soul. Like, that is your emotions. That is how you harbor a thing. Do you need to forgive yourself a little bit more? You need to be into your Bible. Because I tell you what, the only thing that protects your soul way more than your decisions is the Holy Spirit. And you reading and getting the armor of God to protect the most sensitive part of you. Your decisions literally sometimes flow from your scars. And your most inner bruises is found in your soul. That's where you harbor what they did to you in your childhood. That's where you harbor what happened to you that time in that relationship and it shouldn't have been done and you feel some kind of way. That's where you harbor what your boss shouldn't have done and you ain't never go. That's where the grudges come from. That's where, that's where all that pain comes from. You have soul wounds. 
take that to God and say, God, I understand that the flow of life comes from my soul, the flow of life, because literally the Bible says that when God made Adam, he breathed (laughs) the breath of life and the man got a soul, right? So to me, the flow of life comes from the soul. And you cannot afford to have soul wounds. So you need to go back to your dad and say, listen, there's a couple of things that kind of got, you know, scraped up and bruised up and bumped up a little bit uh, after I left your manufacturer default situation. Can you get me back to the place that I am not uh, cautious of people, that I don't have this anger, that there's not this emotional chip on my shoulder, that, that my mental health is not pretty much brewing because I'm replaying what happened to me can you get me to a place that you put me into your bosom God and you go ahead and you take all of that debris off of my soul and so that I can start to remember who I once was before such and such did what they did to me feed your mind body and soul on a different level and God promises that you will have a completely different life Go ahead in your own time too. another part of your challenge. I hope you just realized that that was your challenge. Okay, good. Uh, Also, I want you to read John 15, one through eight by yourself. And I want you to truly understand that your biggest problem was probably trying to take the little bit of information that God trusted you with and you tried to do the whole plan by yourself. Yeah, you forgot the part that says if you remain in me. That's where the prosperity comes from. That's where the success comes from. Because it's not about just obtaining it. It's about sustaining it. That's why Jesus is the vine and God is the gardener. Because it's more than just being a, you know, fruitful tree. Who's going to prune and make sure that the tree remains fruitful? Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. Listen, um, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm, definitely do. You know uh, these conversations all right they are life-provoking conversations conversations that not the average person is going to have with you but who your favorite homegirl very much but um i'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go and we will talk later yeah we will guess what because i know your number not stalking but stalking um i'll talk to you later <laughs> hush later